Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Um, today's guest on The Red Pill, Bakari Sellers. Bakari Sellers is smart, you guys. He's a CNN political uh, commentator and contributor. He's along with one of the... CNN has this great sort of roster of younger black political thinkers. Shout out to Simone Sanders. Shout out to Angela Rye. Shout out to Bakari Sellers. I love these people and how they articulate political thought and discourse on CNN, uh, not just on behalf of the culture, but on behalf of all Americans. Bakari is going to give us a rundown of sort of uh, the political climate, not only in America, but specifically, we're going to break down some of the candidates that might have an opportunity to beat Donald Trump in the field of 275 Democrats that are running uh, and vying for the presidency of the United States of America. He's also going to talk to us about some of the stuff that you guys say about President Obama, whether or not he believes uh, that it's actually true that Obama in some way failed black America, which is a lot of people are saying now. seems to be a very in vogue thing to say that Obama didn't do enough for black people. We're going to talk to Bakari about that. He's also going to break down each of the candidates in this race, the ones that matter. We're going to talk about whether or not Joe Biden um, is a viable candidate for the presidency of the United States. When I say viable, I mean, is he worthy of it? I should know he's viable, but you know, is Joe Biden anything more than Obama's homeboy? And we're going to talk about the horse that he's backing, Kamala Harris, which I tend to say her name wrong. Sorry to this sister. He got me right about that. That's going to stay in this podcast. Bakari is incredibly, incredibly uh, well-versed and um, well-thought-out on these issues of politics. And as a culture and as a community— and as just an American community, we need to know these things, and he is going to educate us on them today on the Red Pill. We are happy to have him. Very, very smart man. Uh, now, before we start, a couple of things I would like to discuss. Number one, I like to praise God to start the podcast. I would like to praise God for two things. The first thing I would like to praise God for is something that happened to me yesterday. God keeping me humble. Anytime I go off of the deep end thinking that things are going too good for me, God reminds me that there's still another place to go. You got to keep moving. You got to keep doing your thing. A lot of things have changed for me in the past year. And certain times I think, yo, I'm making a little bit more money. I'm doing a little bit more of this. Uh, I'm almost there. I'm there. I've made it. And the little thing happened yesterday that helped me realize that I'm not shit yet. So this thing with Virgil Abloh happens last week, and everyone starts talking about it yesterday. We had several different conversations uh, about Virgil Abloh and the fact that he seemingly doesn't want to hire any black people uh, at Off-White. Um, <laughs> really, it should be Off-Black because he gave all the black people off permanently. They don't work there. Uh, so whatever reason, I don't really know too much about that in order to be, um, upset about it. I don't know what the, what the whole deal about it is. I know that you should have some black people working for you if you are selling your brand to the culture. That's all I know. So I'm trying to get opinion on this because I don't know about enough about where Off-White does his business. I don't know enough about where, uh, uh, like where Virgil comes from, if these cultural imperatives mean anything to Virgil. So I'm asking around. I hit up one of my friends and um, someone that I've recently became cool with, a person that is always responsive and we have deep philosophical conversations about life, about politics, about all of these things, uh, very intelligent individual and someone who I actually call a friend. Um, and I say to them, I say, listen, what do you think about this Virgil Abloh thing? And uh, they say to me, listen, I have thoughts, but I initially I just think people need to, you know, maybe not jump so deep into being upset about it and really think it out. But I haven't had time to delve into it, and I can't delve into it right now because I'm getting ready to go into the Met Gala. This conversation was being had as I was setting up bill pay on Bank of America Online. 
I was trying to make sure my cash back deals didn't expire. It was budgeting for the month to make sure I had enough money to get all the necessities. Later on that day, I was going to meal prep. Going to make sure that my grocery dollar was being maximized. It's very important that when you're in these rooms with people, you know who you're in the rooms with. Or you'll get stunted on. And that's what happened to me. And I was so happy that it happened. Not that I necessarily want to go to the Met Gala. Don't think that that's really my swag. Don't think that I would ever be. I don't even have those kind of clothes. I don't know where you get them. Michael B. Jordan had a sparkly tuxedo on. He looked like a black diamond, like a piece of obsidian. The brother looked great. I don't know if I could ever pull that off. But it's good to know that there are actually people in your orbit that go to places like this because you still have something to try to get. Now, I want to have our own Met Gala, you know, where it's the finest names in black glam, and we all get together and do our thing. You know, I'm not talking about the BT Awards. Shout out to them. They're great. I'm talking about maybe something a little bit different. You know what I mean? Um, nothing wrong with going to the Met Gala. I think that's a spectacular thing. I just don't know if it's for me. But none of that is the point. The point is, I was talking to somebody as I was living my Honda driving life, and that's where they were going. That's a blessing. That's a blessing from God. God made me have that conversation because God was telling me, why don't you close that app and get to work? If one day you want to eat the finest of foods and you too want to go to uh, the, the, the coast of Africa and hang out and have a villa, don't you too want to have nice things, Van? Yes, get to work. Make this content, make this art, change these lives so that you too can have a great life. Remember that if you're in a room of people and you have friends and you are the least successful even the least intelligent, uh, the the least sort of um, on member of your crew, you're right, exactly, you're right where you need to be because you need people around you that can inspire you to achieve the next level and whatever it is that you're doing. Because when you see someone that's doing something amazing, uh, it makes you not only want to do amazing things, but it makes you confident that you are capable of doing amazing things. So don't ever be jealous of anyone. That word's not in my uh, vocabulary. Always be inspired by the people around you that are doing things that you find to be impressive. And that was a little blessing for me that that happened yesterday. It's a true story, by the way. You guys don't think that it's true. It's a true story. Happened. Like, I'm going to shout somebody out right now. My homeboy, Jay Lee. Shout out to Jay Lee. Jay Lee's on a show right now called The Orville. He acts and gets to be on television having fun, a director, a, a good athlete. I look at guys like that that are in my orbit doing dope stuff, and I think that is fucking amazing. The black women around me that are doing amazing things, that's fucking amazing. Stunt on me. Stunt on me. It'll only make me better. All right. The second thing that... A uh, blessing I got uh, the recently is I realized that we've been blessed with the life of Tony Stark. You guys haven't seen Endgame yet. I'm sick of playing with you. It's over. Tony Stark dies in Endgame. I went back. Oh, my voice is going to start breaking a little bit. I'm sorry, Tony. It was a big loss. I went back and I watched even Iron Man 2, which people think is one of the worst Marvel movies. It's not as great as some of the other ones, but the reality is that we have been blessed to see something that Marvel has put together over the course of the last 11 years, the life of Tony Stark, what Robert Downey Jr.'s character has meant to all of us comic fans. We have been uh, lucky to have witnessed this. And Endgame was a fantastic movie that brought the whole thing around full circle, and I'm indebted to the work of Robert Downey Jr. and John, Don Cheadle, John Cheadle, <laughs> Don's brother, uh, Don Cheadle and Zoe Saldana and Anthony Mackie and Chris Evans and uh, the, the Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner and Mark Ruffalo and all of these guys. Thurtance Howard in there, too. He was the light-skinned version of James Rose. Uh, so it, it was fantastic to be, have been part, about, uh, part of this uh, as, a, as a viewer. 
and I can't wait to see where the Marvel Universe is going. So I just wanted to say that Endgame meant a lot to me as a comic book fan. Last thing I'm going to say about that before we get to Picard. The end of Endgame, Captain America passed the shield to Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie. If you've ever heard me anywhere, you know that I'm very critical of Falcon because Falcon, very important black character in the MCU canon, very important black character uh, in comic book history, Sam Wilson. Falcon routinely gets his fucking ass kicked in every movie. Rumlow in Winter Soldier kicked Falcon's ass. Winter Soldier kicked Falcon's ass, pulled the wings off of his back. Ant-Man kicked Falcon's ass. It's actually Falcon's fault that James Rhodes, okay, War Machine, is paralyzed because he was shooting at Falcon, Falcon moved, and James Rhodes got hit. What happens when they land? Falcon tries to say sorry. What does Tony do? Repulsor beams Falcon off the screen. Falcon, once again, takes an L. Marvel, stop fucking making Falcon lose. We see y'all. I don't know why you're doing it. Falcon's got the shield now. He's going to be Captain America. It's time for Falcon to win. Okay? Now, Falcon's got a lot of lame to get over in order for us to like him and buy him as Captain America. I got to do right by Falcon. Falcon's got, he needs a cooler suit. A lot of things got to happen. If you'd have polled, most people probably would have wanted the shield to go to Bucky which is weird because you can almost say any word to Bucky and he might flip the fuck out and kill anyone. Like, Bucky might be acting as Captain America and somebody might say, Frosted Flakes, and then he just fucking re-goes back into Hydra and just kills everybody that's on his team. But most people, if you ask them, would probably be okay with that rather than Falcon getting the shield, and that's fucked up. And I blame Marvel for that. That's the biggest sin that they've had is that they haven't made Falcon cool. You got your opportunity now. He's got the shield. He's going to have his own show with Bucky. Okay? You got your chance to make Falcon cool. Make Falcon cool. But thank you, MCU. Thank you to my unnamed friend. And thank you to anyone who's ever stunning on me. Because all you've ever actually done is inspire me. It's the end of the overlong rant. Here, here's the deal. Bakari Sellers is coming on to the podcast right now. Get your fucking thing caps on. Pop some pills. Let's get into it. Do you love politics and political theater? I love. Well, I don't know about the second part, but I, <laughs> I, <laughs> you snuck that one. No, I love politics. You love politics. I, I mean, I, I started in politics when I was like four years old. I mean, I kind of came out the woman of politics. Four years old? Yeah, I was like the campaign baby for 88 Jesse Jackson. Word? Yeah, my dad and Jesse were really close. My dad was one of the founders of SNCC. Oh, so, wow. yeah, yeah, I go way back. I go way back to the to the civil rights. I'm a I'm a child of the movement. Jesse won South Carolina, which is where you're from, right? Oh yeah, Jesse won South Carolina. Je- Jesse actually did really well throughout the entire South. Mm. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. By the way, uh white people clap for Bakari Sellers. I mean, I just feels I, I feel special now. Well, I have to come to the West Coast to get some white people to clap for. Well, they clap. <laughs> That's what they do, they clap. So going back, this is an interesting piece, uh, an interesting way to start the podcast. A lot of people have the belief that the first black candidate to ever do well in a national election for president was Barack Obama. No. But no, Jesse did pretty well, didn't he? Shirley did well before Jesse. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were educating me. I didn't realize yeah, you Yeah, no, Shirley Chisholm, I mean, Shirley Chisholm broke barriers. I, I, I was able to speak at the DNC, and I, I, you know, I firmly believe, and I think Secretary Clinton did, too. You wouldn't have a Secretary Clinton without a Shirley Chisholm. You wouldn't have a Barack Obama without a Shirley Chisholm. Mm. And then Jesse just came and built on that. And then we forget about Carolyn, Mo, Car- Carolyn Mosley Braun. Braun, yeah, Carolyn Mosley I mean, Braun. so it's a, it's a few um, who, who did it extremely well. Mm. And I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I think Kamala Harris is going to be next. Kamala Harris is going to be next in terms of what? I think she's going to win the nomination. Really? Yeah. Now, let's get right into this. The numbers will bear out and say something different at this particular point. She is doesn't seem to right now be polling well, which is— She's third. She's she's third. She's third. I mean, you, and, and consistently third. She's behind Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Right. And, and usually she, she's polling at about what, what percentage? About eight or nine. Eight or nine percent. Biden right now is about 30. 30, 30 to 40, depending and on then, what poll. Uh, and then Bernie's and around a, 15. About 15 to 20, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what but do she's you, been consistent. What do you think is going to be the factor that is going to help her catapult these guys? Oh, my mama and her friends. I always tell people the, the, <laughs> that's, that, that, is, that is the electorate that chooses right. who the Democratic nominee is going to be. Um, Kamala Harris is going to do extremely well in Nevada. Um, you know, I think she'll, she'll land well in Iowa and New Hampshire, but do extremely well in Nevada. Come to South Carolina. I expect her to win South Carolina. And then Super Tuesday... Just like South Carolina, most of the voters look like my mom and her friends. It's black women, mm-hmm. um, black educated women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got Georgia, you have North Carolina, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi. Um, you know, you, you got that. That's the delegate rich part. And she has a, a strong advantage. Some of the polling right now is saying that Joe Biden is actually carrying black women. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that. I, I was just talking about that. I mean, I, it's a lot of familiarity. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden, he, I love Senator Harris, and she got pure hell when she came out the gates about her record. Yeah, and you know, rightfully so. You gotta, you gotta go and, and reconcile with your record, and come forth with a plan to help show people what you're going to do for them. But Joe Biden apparently doesn't have to answer those questions. Like, you guys, you know, if we start dipping into Joe Biden's record, not just his voting record, but just some of the rhetoric that's come from Joe Biden's mouth, and some of the things that are really troubling. I mean, did you hear? I don't know. It was just a, a stead from New York Times was posting a clip yesterday from 2007 and in a debate that he had with Tavis Smiley hosting, and he was having a conversation about black men and HIV, and he was talking about trying to get them. He was in a park and trying to get black men telling them it's okay to wear condoms, and I'm like, you know, the way that he was. Yeah, yeah the way dog, I it, was just like, but but I mean, let's let's talk about the fact that he was, you know, expanding civil asset forfeiture with Strom Thurmond in '84. Mm-hmm. Strom Thurmond was his man. Uh, that's fine. He gave the uh, eulogy. Yeah, I, no, 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 no. I don't. You know, politics make make strange bedfellows. I got Republican friends. Like I, I don't. That, that's fine. But I'm, you don't have any Strom Thurmonds in that. I'm actually friends with Strom Thurmond's son. Was was Strom Jr.? Yeah, there's a Strom Jr. and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm very close with Strom Th- Jr. He's a solicitor in South Carolina, one of the most fair solicitors we have. Okay. And his son was in the. Uh, so you don't think there's anything inherently problematic about being in close proximity to Strom Thurmond, a guy who, by all accounts, yeah, was I'm, a major racist for a large part. Yeah, of yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I that ain't gonna be the reason that I discard Joe. That's not gonna be the reason I don't vote for Joe Biden. Word. Now you choose who your friends are. Like I, I'm sure. not drinking with Strom Thurmond. Yeah. And I don't blame his. You know the. What is it? Not What's the kids. saying? It's not his kids. You're not his kids. You can't blame yeah, a man yeah. for the for the sins of their father. So yeah. I, I'm not doing that. But I am going to talk about civil asset forfeiture, expanding mandatory minimums. You gave you gave Hillary pure hell about uh, the 94 crime bill. She wasn't even a member of Congress, and you gave her hell about it. Not you, but we did. And Joe Biden actually wrote the bill. Right. So I mean, Bernie Sanders voted for the bill. So right. let's have a and and he just needs to answer those questions and show what he's going to do to. Uh, unravel a lot of damage that he's done. If Joe Biden's the nominee, I'm wearing a Joe Biden for president T-shirt. Word. But he needs to answer those questions now. Now he's got Simone with him. Um, she's gotten a little backlash for her decision yeah. to 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 uh, kind of. By the way, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Simone Sanders. I preface this by saying that. But Simone Sanders once said that uh, it was time up, time was up, or that no more old white men should be <laughs> in that situation. And it seems as if, yeah, after I mean, saying listen, that, she went with an old no, white No, no, no. I, I, I don't know why Simone made the decision that she made, but she's a friend, and I think that Simone is going to be a value added to Joe Biden. Ooh, she would be a value added to anyone. anybody. So, she is a and not only that, but this is, what I'm, this is what I think about when I, when I look at Simone. I'm like, Simone right now is positioned to be the first African-American, first African-American female behind the podium in the White House. If, if Joe Biden wins, he's the front runner right now. She's his press secretary. She's a, I mean, that's powerful. It is. I mean, that imagery shown around the world. So, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't know. Who, I'm su- very supportive of Senator Harris. Um, but I, and I don't know who the nominee is going to be. But if it's Joe Biden and, and, and Simone Sanders is on that horse, a lot of the reason Joe Biden would be able to win black women is because of Simone. Yeah. And she deserves all the credit in the world. Hmm. So I'm going to... I'm going to play. I haven't made the decision yet who I'm going to support, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of candidates I like for a lot of different reasons. What I'm going to do right now, since you like Senator Harris, I'm going to act like I'm going to take on the role, I'm about to Denzel it, of the people <laughs> on Twitter who have questions about Senator Harris, yeah. and I want you to answer some of these questions. Well, we know Twitter's not real, but go ahead. Twitter's not real. Um, one, Senator Harris locked up a bunch of black men and a bunch of black folk when she was a prosecutor uh, here in California. So I think that we have to look at Senator Harris's experience. She's actually one of the few people, if not the only person, who actually has experience on the local level, the state level, 
um, and the federal level. Um, she served as a prosecutor on all those levels. And if we're going to eliminate prosecutors from this or law enforcement from this, then so be it. I think that's a horrible precedent to set. Why? Because I actually think that we need more people who are on that side of the law. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think that we need to tell young black men it's okay and young black women it's okay to be law enforcement and prosecutors. I'm a criminal defense attorney. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side of this all the time. People confuse me with my defendant all the time. I mean, I had a bailiff yell at me three weeks ago, four weeks ago for being on that side of the rail. And I'm like, sir, I'm a lawyer. You know? Fuck. So, I mean, like, I, I get Can you imagine? <laughs> Take a snapshot of what he just said. That, that, like, do you guys understand how deep the problem is? That's wild. So, Ugh. that's why I can't discard her for that. And people want to pick and choose different things. They talk about the truancy bill. That, well, well, look. Explain that to people because well, I know what you're talking about, but some so listeners there, might so, not. So she was pushing forth an initiative because we had extremely high or there was extremely high rates of truancy in San Francisco mm-hmm. where kids, many kids of color, weren't showing up to school. And she suggested that we lock their parents and She up. said, well, we're going to start to punish parents and have some accountability for parents. Yeah. Uh, no parents were actually locked up. Right. Okay. There never were no happened. Pa- no, that part never happened. But yeah. what did happen? was that you actually had a drop in the amount of kids who were missing school because mm-hmm. she actually set forth some accountability. Did she do everything right as a, as a prosecutor? She will tell you no, she did not, and she has regrets. But now we have to understand what that record was, and, and you, we forget that she was a prosecutor when even some black folk were saying, lock them up. Mm-hmm. During the 90s, we can't forget that it, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't just uh, a white folk and, and Joe Biden and everybody else saying lock them up. We oh, had, that's ridiculously true. Yeah, we had some... We had black ministers and others. Now, everybody wasn't for the crime bill, mm-hmm. but we did have some others who were mm-hmm. out there pushing it. So even even then, she actually had some progressive measures she puts forth. And so I think that people need to look at that, uh, look at it truthfully, ask questions about it, and then say, now, what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to are you going to build on Barack Obama's 21st century policing task force, the Ferguson Commission? The answer to that is yes. Are we going to make sure that we go in and, and we reinstate these consent orders that Jeff Sessions rescinded for these police departments that have gone rogue? The answer to that is yes. Ask her what her uh, what her uh, civil rights division in the in the Justice Department is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's ask these questions. What's her attorney general going to do? I guarantee you that that of all the individuals who know how the Department of Justice should work. The person is the one who has experience doing that, and that's her. That's her. So um, in terms of her, uh, this is a question that you can't answer, but it's a it's – a, it's a, oh, I'll tell you if I can't answer it. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm thinking, it's a refrain that I've heard. People come at the quote-unquote blackness of Kamala Harris for all – Kamala. Is it is – it, It's comma, it's like a comma. comma. L.A., Kamala. You know, my favorite wrestler, what was his name? It was uh, Kamala. You remember you guys don't remember him from the from the from the yeah, guys anyway. I was an Ultimate Warrior fan and a state oh, fan. So. Oh, dude, it's so it's so weird. Ultimate Warrior ended up being one of the worst races in WWE. Really? You never knew that? I never knew that. Ultimate Warrior is was God and my brother soul. and my brother loved The Undertaker. The Undertaker was dope. So you remember? I don't dope. know if you remember this. We all thought the Ultimate Warrior died because the Undertaker put him in a casket and like yeah. he couldn't breathe and all that. Not, anyway, so you you I was a WC. I would watch WCW at nine mm. and WWF at ten. Right. All right. So, so anyway, Kamala. Go. Yeah. Uh, Kamala. Um, a lot of people feel in some way disconnected from her. They question, like you, you, you hear the people and they, they take shots at her blackness. That's absurd. I mean, I, I mean, I, I listen. She went to Howard. Howard. Yes, I know. Listen, She's, you're not. Listen. You're not. Listen, you're not convincing listen. me. She when was she, on U Street listening yeah, I, I, to Go listen, Go 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 Mumble Wing. Todd died probably on. <laughs> so so listen, you're not. My thing is there. It, I guess this is the this is the point that I'm getting at. When Biden came out and he got so much support from the African American community, I was genuinely surprised because it seems as if with Harris with Booker. You have options for people to support. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I'm not so sure if what people say when they're tweeting and being out there as voices actually reflects what they really want. I'm not sure sometimes if even the black community, or not just the black community, to expand it, uh, if what is it that's making them hold on to the idea of guys like Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders as leaders? Like, why? Well, I don't, I don't. I mean, the Bernie Sanders phenomenon is interesting to me, but the, the, the Joe Biden is, is wrapped up and enveloped in one thing, that's electability. And so people, people have, think that he's the guy that can be Donald Trump. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I always I'm going to echo this until the election day. Joe Biden, whomever's the nominee, you have to give people a reason to vote. 
He's not doing that right now. He's simply saying that I'm not Donald Trump. Vote right. against Donald Trump. And I, you have to remember that the couch is always on the ballot. Mm-hmm. People chose the couch in 2016. They stayed at home because they didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton right. and they didn't want to vote for Donald Trump. And we're, we're in danger of doing that. To Senator Harris's blackness, that is absurd. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't get in questioning people's black experience. I don't do it either. Yeah, I mean, it, that's just... There's no way to question somebody's black experience. But I will tell you so that she and her sister Maya are two extremely talented, beautiful, servant-oriented women who are changing the landscape of politics. And I have two little black daughters, and if they were either Maya or Kamala, I would be completely thrilled with that. Word. So Maybe I the mean, strongest endorsement you could get for something. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it is. So I, I'm... And, and for... We... This is where our uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds about to go crazy when I say this. But black men in particular, we handicap ourselves with a great deal of misogyny. Hmm. We have a great deal of misogyny. And we, it, I saw it in Hillary Clinton's race. We hear it in the barbershop. I don't know how a woman can lead, blah, 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 blah. A lot of it's these old stereotypes that we, hold, that we still hold ourselves to. I don't know if it's generational or what. Uh, but I hope that we're able to shake free from those things. Yeah, because uh, to be honest with you, there is an unbelievable amount of super capable, actually worthy uh, <laughs> women leaders out there. And I feel like our society will continue to lag behind if we don't embrace the leadership right. of women. Yeah. And it, it's, but you know what? We say that, but man, it, it, it's tough to get guys to see that, bro. I mean, but you, I mean, you got San Francisco, uh, the mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of uh, New Orleans, the mayor of Charlotte. Hell, I mean, Atlanta got a mayor named Keisha. 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 She can't cook, though. <laughs> you said she can't cook? Did you see that picture of the macaroni? I did not see The macaroni that they I had? haven't seen the macaroni picture. Oh, she picture. had str- struggle macaroni. Hey, bring that macaroni picture up. I want to see had, that macaroni. Yeah, she had struggle struggle macaroni. See, she better be lucky that didn't come out during the election. <laughs> the election. Uh, during the election. But, I mean, listen, I listen. I think that, I don't know, I mean, like, for me, when, you know, I tell people this is a race of, like, six people. Mm-hmm. It's like a spade's hand. <laughs> it's 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 four four like really solid legit candidates mm-hmm. who have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. Now that's impeachable. I don't that's, know what. Oh damn. That's, that's impeachable. Damn. That's it. That 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 and Bill Barr can get you impeached. Oh my God, Bill Barr. <laughs> <laughs> damn. You, know, you can't. The crisp. The edges ain't even crispy. See, like I like this is the right. First of all, if you cook macaroni or anything other than this glass like pan and you're not doing it right. That's but not what my mom used. Oh, that's not what my mama used. Where, Whatever, where y'all my, from? We're from Baton Rouge, man. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah. you got to be able to, this, the, the edges got to be burnt crispy. You can't, that ain't even. Keisha, we're going to send somebody down there for you. <laughs> we love you, though. Yeah. We're going to send yeah. someone down there for you, sister. Damn. I told you. <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> um, uh, but, okay, so. Um, you were saying though you were you no you, I was saying that you know for me oh it's a race of uh, four four and two possibles I, I think the race is to be honest which I think the race is uh, Biden Bernie Beto uh, Senator Harris and then uh, Mayor Pete and Elizabeth Warren are the two possibles let's talk about Mayor Pete I had a conversation with the guy who I greatly respect who has an um, an awesome political mind an awesome mind period a gentleman by the name of Mark Lamont Hill Mark is brilliant legitimately brilliant like like Mark is. Like I, I, Mark is one of the smartest people that it's in my orbit. Do you know who the two smartest people that I talk to are? Who? Well, I don't really talk to Mark Lamont Hill as much, but he's one of the smart. And Arian Foster, the football player, Arian, investor, a- a- Arian Foster, the football player, Arian Foster. I didn't mean to say it like that, Arian. No, like no, I, no, 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 was... no. A- a- Arian Foster is damn brilliant. I can. I mean, that we we don't spend time talking to people enough. We don't communicate with. But, people. No, he is. Fucking out of this world smart. But anyway, I, I digress. Shout out to Aaron. But um, but Mark is brilliant. Mark is brilliant. And Mark says that, uh, you know, uh, Mayor Pete, and he said this, we, we had a private conversation about this, but he said this publicly as well. He says that uh, he has an issue with the fact that Mayor Pete doesn't have any big policy ideas. Correct. Okay. So uh, do you agree with that assessment? That yes. Mayor Pete is right now a lot of style, Correct. maybe not a ton of substance. Correct. No, I mean, I, I think the Mayor Pete is like that. I think Beto O'Rourke is like that. I think Joe Biden is like that. I mean, mm. I, you know, the women in this race are running circles around men in policy. Gillibrand has policy. 
Uh, Elizabeth Warren has policy out the ass. Oh, I mean, she, she's I mean, got, it's just, oh, she's, it's, got she's, she's full of policy. Full of policy. A bookshelf of policy. And it's amazing. It's actually, it's all policy. It's, I love it. Because, right. because somebody's like, you know, I want to talk about school lunches. And Elizabeth Warren's like, I got I a got plan. I got school lunch plan. I got a plan. Like, I love that. Yo, like, uh, Elizabeth, man, these these, these <laughs> college loans are killing me. Oh, college loans, you I got say. a plan. I got a plan. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, you got you to gotta appreciate that. Senator Harris is talking. She, I mean, she's literally talking about increasing teacher pay. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, ooh, we haven't had that discussion in a while. And mm-hmm. so that is healthy. But, yeah, Mayor Peters, I, I mean, Mayor Peters, first of all, I would have never thought I mean, I never thought a black man was going to be president. That's first. But I never would have thought that you could have a gay man and his husband on the front of Time, Time magazine, magazine and he'd be in the top tier. Right. I mean, uh, he is a phenomenal candidate. Uh-huh. Um, he's brilliant. Good guy. Good guy. Liz Smith is the superstar of the campaign. This is like some wonky shit that most people don't know. Liz mm-hmm. Smith is his comms director. Uh-huh. She's the person behind the man. She mm-hmm. she worked with Cuomo and Bill de Blasio and Martin O'Malley. She's dope. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she's like, they, he came to TMZ. Came to TMZ. He came to TMZ. Like, came I, to TMZ. Everybody, every other campaign is like, oh, yeah. we got to catch him now. We got now Tim Ryan came. Yeah, but that ain't the same thing. That's not the same thing. But but that, I, we, are, we are the party of people with no friends. But let me tell you something. Do you know why he came to TMZ? Do you know why these guys are doing TMZ? You know who's directly responsible for that? The black guy at TMZ. No, oh. not me. <laughs> the black guy at the Breakfast Club. Oh, Charlemagne. Yeah. You know why though? The, bra- so the black guy, this the is black a- guy, the black guy at the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne. Yeah. Our guy is make is is putting taking these candidates out of the political arena. You got to talk and and, and 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 talking to them plainly on platforms that Can they I have don't, a soldier boy moment? What? I got I got I told Charlemagne this the other day. I was like, I started this political stuff on on the, on the <laughs> Breakfast Club. Okay? There would be there would be no politicians on the Breakfast Club if it wasn't for me. Right. Okay? <laughs> now, in 2014, I went on when I was running for lieutenant governor. Yeah. And then I had to beg, beg. I remember I begged the Clinton campaign to allow Hillary Clinton to do the Breakfast Club. She did, and they went through, and they were like, "Bacardi, we can't, we can't do this." Because they, Charlemagne's tweets were like, "Wow, th- there was a line, yeah. and then it was all the way behind him. Uh, he had yeah. sprinted past the line, of course." And so, um, she did it, and it was, it was a great interview. Then Bernie did it, mm-hmm. all right? And so now, Senator Harris has done it, Corey's done it, and Pete he did it. Pete did it. Andrew Yang did it. Andrew Andrew Yang took off after doing it. Yeah. Um, Marianne Williamson did it, or Mary, I, I can't remember her. Marianne Williamson, I believe, yeah. did it. Um, and so, you know, I, does 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 Joe Biden have to do it? I mean, I think he should go to the Breakfast Club and have to answer for his record. Don't think a, he will. I don't think he will either. No, Beto I, O'Rourke I, hasn't done it. I don't think Beto Beto would have less to face there. I, I think there are some questions that, and they can work on this in the campaign that are going to be asked plainly to Joe Biden at some point. And I don't know what kind of answers he's going because to give. Because this is not a you can't. This isn't a rope line. You say I get back with you and keep going. Yeah, you're, you're sitting down. Right. Having this conversation, and you're there, and you're there in the boiling hot water. Yeah, yeah, you know. And but I, but like I said earlier, like I said, with a party of no friends. Let me, let me, because you, I, I love, I love uh, Congressman Ryan, but it's we have about twelve people who are running for president. De, Bla- sh- De Blasio just jumped in. Y- yeah, yeah, who should have friends to tell them no? <laughs> <laughs> like you just, like you kind of wasting everybody's time. Who shouldn't be in the race? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard shouldn't be in the race. Uh-huh. Um, I actually like Jay Inslee. I'm gonna be with Jay Inslee um, on Real Time with Bill Maher, but Bill Maher. But I love Jay Inslee. But he's talking about climate change. Uh, you know, Michael Bennett just got in the race. I love Michael Bennett. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole long Michael Bennett from the Patriots. See, that's my thing. Like, I know a Michael Bennett from high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody, like, you mean Martell, Martellus' little brother? You know, when, brother? when your mother's like Who's Michael older? Bennett's running for president, y'all gonna be like Michael Bennett from Michael? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They get, and you know like Hickenlooper, both the both are from Colorado, but you know he shouldn't be running. I mean, there there are a lot of people um, who should not be running for. It's okay to be in the United States Senate. Hmm. It really is. It's yeah. okay. I it's mean, okay. It's very important job. Yeah. Right. So so I want to ask you about something else. Sure. You uh, uh, casually just uh, in talking about something else mentioned uh, President Obama. Yeah. Uh, before, um, so. There is a popular refrain also that's being had right now in um, black political circles uh, or by people that are critical of President Obama that President Obama, while he was in office, didn't do enough to advance the lives um, and the state of life in America of black people. That he was a president uh, that did a lot for the country and there's no way to argue that Barack Obama didn't do a tremendous amount for Americans, but did he do enough specifically 
for African Americans. Well, so people mean, have I, that criticism. What do you say? I mean, I I think that looking back on his legacy, you will see, and as we get further away from it, you will see that Barack Obama is going to be in the same category as a FDR, as a Lincoln, mm-hmm. as one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. Yes. Um, and the reason being is because you have uh, the number of African Americans who were entering our penal system was reduced. The number of African Americans who were on welfare is reduced. The black unemployment rate went down. Um, of course, it's still um, two times that of, the, of our white counterparts, yeah. but it went down. The the um, income or wages that I, that black folks were, were were earning has went up. You know, I had two really strong criticisms of Barack Obama when he was president. One is a foreign policy criticism, Syria. which is Syria. He can, that's a that's a that's a he got washed. That's a that's he a, got washed. He, he fucked got, that he, up. He got washed. Yeah, that, and you can't draw a line. I don't care, I don't care how many how, how much you love Barack Obama. He Thank got you. washed. I, he, I'm he, glad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Syria and and there I mean there was a lot of bloodshed. There was yeah. you know Assad, which is part of my reason I can't. I have a big issue with Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Is a war criminal who's a horrible individual. Right. So that's one. Two is HBCUs. Um, huh. Interesting. You know, uh, just cutting back on Parent PLUS loans, you, you saw the decimation. Uh, you know, when when higher education gets a call, HBCUs get the flu. Mm-hmm. Um, and Senator President Obama, Senator Obama, then President Obama, <laughs> literally, he did he could not fully comprehend the purpose of an historically black college. And when you don't understand its its purpose, how do you mean that? I mean, I that's think quite that, an indictment, to be honest. With yeah, you. I think that he. I mean, I think if you talk to HBCU presidents, I know my dad was actually an HBCU president, so a lot of this is. Oh, is damn, a, I know he's a cool dude. My mama was a is a bad woman in her own right. She taught at colleges and to and raised money. For am sports. I am I am I not up on your pops? I don't know, like like. Man, my dad was shot uh, February eighth, nineteen sixty eight, in the Orangeburg massacre. Orangeburg massacres were three. Young men were um, killed and 28 others were wounded when they were protesting segregation at South Carolina State. Wow. Uh, he went to jail before that for uh, saying no to Vietnam. Mm, uh, wow. So, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Shout so, out to Pops. Yeah, shout out to Pops. So uh, he likes TMZ. <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, no, I think that it's a fair indictment on him. You saw, you saw HBCU struggle. I mean, they're struggling more now under Donald Trump because if you thought Barack Obama was bad, Donald Trump is two times as bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had Omarosa, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, you just saw HBCU struggling, and they're still trying to make up that ground. Um, Bennett Payne, Edward Waters. Um, hopefully somebody does something with the accreditation bodies. Hopefully somebody does things to um, allow that to be an opportunity because right now it's more of a luxury to go to college than it is an opportunity. So those are my two greatest ills, and I think he could have done a better job with those. What do you think the disconnect between Barack and the HBCUs was? I just think it was, I actually think it was cultural. I think that his background um, and his experiences weren't one that lended themselves to that HBCU experience. Yeah. It was remote. It was something that he wasn't familiar with. It was just different mm-hmm. for him. And so you can tell someone that the, the overwhelming majority of all of our in, black professionals, engineers, doctors, lawyers, uh, scientists, et cetera, come from HBCUs, but it's another thing to live that experience. Mm-hmm. And so um, he didn't have that experience growing up. It's not... It, it it may be an indictment on him, but it's more cultural, and so you saw that in his policy. Yeah, I mean, interesting. My father went to Southern University. Great school. Also, Sonic uh, Boom of the South. Yeah. Ooh, okay. You just got some fans right there. <laughs> there you go. Um, a, a, a amazing institution. Um, I went to both uh, a PWI and to an HBCU. Where'd you go? I went to Louisiana Tech, um, a little time at LSU, and then also to Southern, transferred back. Mm-hmm. So I was able to see... And it's very difficult to understand, not to us, but to a lot of people, it's very difficult to understand the value of an HBCU until you're on campus. Oh, yeah. And you start to see how that environment sort of uh, insulates a lot of the students that need insulation and really jumps them forward uh, in a way. Because a lot of, in, in, at Southern, you're talking about kids that are coming from specific places in Baton Rouge and New Orleans and around, and they find themselves in a way it would have been difficult for them to find themselves Yeah, I mean, HBCUs are special because, I mean, black folk are so diverse, and people don't even recognize that. I you mean, find that out when you're on an it, HBCU yeah, campus? Yeah, man, you find out just the various cultures, the various tastes, backgrounds. Um, that's first. But second, in HBCU, you graduate with a little chip, and it, and it's 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 very – it's a it's – a, forward-thinking, positive thing because you leave thinking that you can compete with anybody in the world. Right. You know, this degree 
you wanted the baddest man walking. Yeah. And you have those cultural experiences. Um, now you going, I mean, your dorm may not have air conditioning. Your refund check going to be late. Yeah. I mean, those, I mean, that's just a. Also register early. Register. Like, like, the, the, You're like, going to be sitting in class, not yeah. register. Right. <laughs> reg- like reg- register early. Yeah. Don't listen. I'm to all incoming freshmen at Southern <laughs> University. Don't go to the fucking mini dome and, and think you're going to get through the line. You're going to have tennis as one of your classes. Register oh, like, and your financial aid need to be tight and in order because you will get that call from right. the registrar's office. Have your shit together. You're, you're, I, I already had my Darius Miles jersey and my <laughs> my black, my blue and red Jays uh-huh. with my refund check, and I saw other people waiting on theirs. Right, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you got to have your stuff mm-hmm. in order. And right. so I, I think um, that, you know, and sometimes HBCUs are places, especially throughout the South, when there aren't other institutions for people to go to. You can't go. I'm speaking at Payne College's graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they struggled with their uh, with their accreditation, but then, now they're back and moving. And if you're in that CSRA, that Augusta, Georgia, that lower part of South Carolina region, you know, Payne is what produced all the professionals, the teachers, the the doctors, and that's where you want to go. So, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of it. And I, that's one of the questions. Like, I, I you know, I know – what Kamala Harris wants to do for HBCUs. I mean, Joe Biden, I mean, what? where his HBCU plan at? Yeah. You know who else got a plan? Who? Elizabeth Warren got a plan. For HBCUs? <laughs> she got a plan for everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, moving away to entering something, which is HBCU, to exiting something, let's talk about the Blexit. <laughs> What? <laughs> because what? I want to ask you. I want to ask you <laughs> what you think. Real? I get it. I want to <laughs> ask you what you think of the political movement. Um, because we're going to talk about some black conservatives here. Now we're going to talk about the black and We're going to talk about the Ados people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and we can also talk about. I mean, go ahead. We're, we're, we got to lump all the conservatives together. Okay. What else do you have? Something? No, no, no. I was just. I there's a big discussion. I think that I, just recently people were. Uh, Mischaracterizing the politics of Louis Farrakhan. We're definitely gonna get into that. Yeah, because I just the, figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about the, the whole yeah. Facebook situation. What you think about that? A move, uh, a sort of spurned by Candace Owens or started by Candace Owens, and she's the figurehead of it, is the Blexit, saying that um, Black Americans have been far too loyal to the Democratic Party over the last fifty years, sixty years, whatever you want to say, and that now it is time for Black people, if they want to access their freedom in America, to leave the Democratic Party by and large and Go to the right side of things, mm-hmm. right, as in the conservative, the GOP. Uh, and, and what Candace basically does is on her uh, various platforms, she informs black people about how the left is enslaving them, how the left is holding them back, how the left is uh, hindering the, pro- uh, the progress of our people. Uh, not just black people, by the way, but of most um, marginalized or, or, or oppressed people, uh, underprivileged people. She says the left is uh, sort of uh, confusing them or uh, purposely keeping them down. Your thoughts about that notion? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think that I, I appreciate when our people, especially black women, are, carve out a lane of their own. Yeah, I think this is patently absurd, and huh. I think that I think that. Um, you know, I said something about Kanye West, which I still hold to be true, and it probably would be true for Candace as well. I know that it's true for Kanye because he said it, but it's what happened. He's what happens when Negroes don't read, and you know, he's a damn. He is a he is a self uh, admitted not Negro, reader, not reader. Yeah, <laughs> um, and before. and you know, and and Candace is the the same way. You got to go back to the uh, Democratic convention, and um, and I believe it was around forty eight. Um, when many Republicans, it was in Philadelphia, uh, many Democrats, the Dixiecrats, because um, Democrats took on an agenda of civil rights, um, you had those Dixiecrats to leave the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you when you look at that history, um, you know, then you had a Dixiecrat in Strom Thurmond who ran on the platform for President of the United States, segregation now, segregation forever. Read the entire what we talked about before. Read the entire uh, Washington D.C. phone book mm-hmm. as a filibuster to the Civil Rights Act. Um, and so uh, you get to that's the, one hell of a filibuster, by the way. It was the longest filibuster in the history of the United States Congress. That's, it was over twenty four hours. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> that means you really don't you don't want black folk to do a whole lot if you can do something for over twenty four hours. That's work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I I'm you know you you can have your criticisms of the Democratic Party. I think that's fair. And you know, one of the things that I'm talking about with Joe Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, whomever it is, is to 
put forth a plan, right? Yeah. Give people a reason to vote for you. Mm-hmm. I think we we deserve that. Black folk deserve that. Um, but the Repub- where you want us to go to the Republican Party, who has done what? Try to prevent us from going to the voting booth year mm-hmm. in and year out. We're still having a voting rights discussion in this country. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've been having... Shout out to Angela Ride. The one reason she tells people to vote is because if she says, if you don't think your vote matters, why is the other side working so hard, hard to, to take it away? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> right. I mean, they literally took an election from Stacey Abrams. Yeah, they did. Like, like seriously. So, um, you know, and you have, you have a president who is racist. Yeah. Um, and let me, for everyone who's like, oh, let me turn it because I don't want to... How, how are you going to call him racist? Well, I mean, you have someone with... We just had the anniversary of him putting the ad in the paper for the Central Park Five. Uh, he was sued uh, because he would mark C on housing applications. Uh, he was sued by dealers um, in Atlantic City. Um, you know, his language, tone, and tenor, the curial. I mean, so, you know, you, you go through Judge Curial. So you go through all of these things. I, I just think that they, I think the people being taken advantage of this are, are Candace. However, you know, there's a there's an element of this that she's getting her back, and you can't be mad at that. Getting her back in terms of money. Money. So do you think that there's anything besides the actual substance of her argument that is inspiring her to lead this rebellion? Do you think that this— I don't think it's a rebellion. I mean, she feels like it's a rebellion. Well, if I had six people, that don't make it a rebellion. <laughs> we may we may be rebellious, but we're right. not a rebellion. Right, <laughs> okay. Right. So, so you, yeah. you, you, I mean, do you think that Candace Owens is a charlatan? Ooh, a charlatan. I, I just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to call her an, a name such as that. I, I think Fair. that she's misguided. I mean, okay. I, I think that, um, you know, I, I honestly think that she, and um, not just her because it's the, a whole di- the, dim- the diamond and silks. Yeah. The um, Omarosa saw an opportunity, and there's an and what's the what's the what's the using air quotes pastor's name. Oh, I forgot Dar- that Daryl Scott. Name. Yeah, Darryl that Scott. dude is wow, man. That that that. Listen, I, I don't. That guy, it, it's very difficult for me to stay civil. Oh yeah, I mean we've had our discussions on CNN and other places, but you know they see an opportunity with this mm-hmm. and let them. I mean they get in there fifteen minutes. I mean I, I don't that that is fine. When when in ten years from now they won't they there will be no movement, no rebellion to to remember them. Do by. you think that there's anything? This, the, do you think that there's anything to be considered? Uh, from black Americans on the other side. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think that one of the best United States senators we have and most effective on when it, issues when it comes to black folk, and we don't have that many. I think that Cory Booker does yeoman's work. I think Kamala Harris does great work. But I think Tim Scott does good work, too. Mm. I mean, when you when you have issues of HBCUs, Tim Scott's been there. Opportunity zones right. where distressed communities that look a lot like our communities, Hispanic right. communities, black communities, poor communities. Um, Tim Scott's doing great work. And so you you can say okay to those people and thank you to those people, mm-hmm. people who are um, conservative for a reason and put forth. Um, now, we're not going to agree on everything, but when he does something right, I have to say, you know, congratulations and, and thank you. He did. He got an award this year from the UNCF for being their champion, right. um, Tim Scott. So, I mean, that uh, Tim so Scott. So being a Republican, because a lot of people feel like this doesn't equal racist. Not at all. Not at all. Now. Supporting Donald Trump means that you have turned a blind eye to racism, bigotry, and xenophobia. Which and to me therefore, is basically the same thing. Yeah, you racist adjacent. Yeah. All right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We, we got that issue right. that we can deal with. Um, and, you know, the only person who's challenging the Republican Party with their racist tone and tenor has been Tim yeah, Scott. Tim Scott. You know, he called out Steve King, yeah. who has been racist as the day is long. And yeah. so, you know, I can't throw him out with the rest of them. You know, so I, I think that no being I mean, that's just we can't devolve into that. Being Republican does not mean racist. However, you do have to be willing to hold somebody accountable. Right. Um, and we should also say that the Democrats should be willing to hold their colleagues. Uh, oh, you got to. Right. If we don't if 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 when I first got elected, I always tell people that one of the things that I saw and one of the things I wanted to do was hold not just Democrats, but black elected Democrats accountable. Hmm. Um, because if I can't hold us accountable, then how am I going to be able to hold anybody else accountable? And so right. that we have to. And that's why I think that we should demand more of our presidential candidates. Hmm. Um, so, ADOS, American Descendants of Slavery, African Descendants of Slavery, uh, movement that is currently being spearheaded by, uh, I hope get uh, Tariq Nasheed's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Boyce Watkins oh, yeah. is in there. Uh, Yvette. Uh, Cantrell, I think. Can, can, is it Cantrell? Car- Carnell? Car- I don't, I'm not. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, 
this is a sort of a hashtag and a movement that's growing to uh, bring some specificity to what anyone whose ancestors went through slavery should be demanding and asking from, for from uh, American elected officials and candidates running for so president. So I, I don't mind anybody being, being demanding holding people accountable. I, I think that's actually what the system is made for. Sure. I think when we're talking about issues like reparations. Um, Which is what we're going to get into. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Do we need reparations? Yeah. I mean, I was just watching his speech. This is kind of weird. I'm a weird guy. But I was just watching the speech from Dr. King when he was talking about um, how um, when European descendants came over to the Midwest and the West. Um, that is a fantastic speech. And, and how the United States government gave them not only land, um, but then gave them land-grant colleges. They never, those, those talks... From Dr. King? No, they don't get played. They, they don't. They no, give, they want to give you the I have a dream they, speech. They, they give you the I have a dream speech, and they, they, they cover it in. Dr. King said, get over it. Dr. King said he wants to see a vision where everyone's playing together so black people go out and make it happen. They don't ever play the speeches or publicize the speeches where Dr. King indicted the American system both economically and oh, socially. Yeah. And so he said he went into the fact that they built land-grant colleges for these European immigrants to come in, and then they uh, taught them how to farm. Um, and then they gave them these uh, farm service arrangements so that and then they paid those who didn't farm. Right. Um, but black folk never got anything. Right. And so reparations, are, just, are we going to get a check? The answer to that is no. You ain't, get, you ain't going to. But we do need to have uh, policy specifics like HBCUs. Right. Um, direct infusions of capital to our communities to make sure that we can grow. Now, with ADOS, you know, I think that asking and, and, and putting forth a, a platform or an agenda for uh, holding black folk accountable is, is one thing. Um, and but you you have to always be mindful of your tone and tenor in these quote unquote movements. Yeah. And I think that um, you know they 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 many of them on on um, on Twitter and, and everywhere else get um, really discombobulated when you point out the fact that um, there are a lot of Russian bots that are associated with this movement. There are huh. there there is a lot of uh, co opting that is associated with this movement. I don't have any indictment on any of the leadership. I don't know them. Like yeah. I ain't never had a conversation with Tariq Nasheed. He's I have been on had this a, podcast. I have had a conversation with uh, Boyce Watkins before, but I and I don't know Yvette, so I'm not gonna sit here and indict. Don't them. know Boyce, don't know Yvette. But. Yeah, but but I will say that um, you know also uh, some of the rhetoric that they use is is xenophobic, the anti-immigrant. We're not. Yeah. We're not a listen. I I can't rock with you on that. You know I, I'm not gonna sit here. Um, and you know what's funny about the anti-immigrant rhetoric that they have is that it's Directed at other people of color. Yeah, and I can't rock like that. It's like it's like not yeah, only you just, wouldn't be down to that. You're yeah, like your grand a, your grandfather's father was Haitian. I'm like, like they say that like that they say that Angela. You, I mean, do we need to? I know. Do we need to go through the whole history of freedom fighters who were from Haiti? Yeah. I mean, do we need to go through the or the Caribbean? I mean, they they are a part of our movement without a doubt. And that's even before we get to our Hispanic brothers and sisters who are a part of our, our movement. Yeah. I mean, we're all on the floor together. So, I mean, I think that's where we need to be able to get, like, if they want to know why I don't rock with ADOS, it's because I don't get down with the xenophobia and I can't, I can't, I cannot be a part of that because I've been fighting that my whole life. Mm. Now, do I want tangible ideals and um, checklists for our elected officials to hold them accountable for things they need to do for black folk? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we, and then I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a party when, you see, you see somebody who joined Twitter in January of 2019. Got his name is John three seven eight nine seven four five. Right. right? Yeah. He ain't got he ain't got no tweets, but he in there sowing division amongst black folk. Right. Obviously, that is a bot. Yeah. And so I'm not. I mean, I, I think that we have to be smarter than that and recognize that. And um, you know, I you know I I don't know them. I'm not a part of the movement. Don't claim it. Don't really want to be a part of it. Don't. But I I hope that the, you know I I hope that. Um, their tenor, their tone changes. You eliminate the xenophobia and bigotry. We don't have time for that. Mm. So uh, we, we touched on uh, briefly earlier about Louis Farrakhan. And if, in case people need a refresher course, uh, Mr. Farrakhan, Alex Jones, and Milo Yiannopoulos were I mean, all— no, I can't even pronounce that cast. Uh, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. That's messed up that I got his name right, but not Kamala's. Yeah, that's uh, just— that. <laughs> right, Yeah, right. we go— to Right. Um, <laughs> they were all <clears throat> banned from Facebook. Facebook has said that they are going to take a stand now to ban and police what they call to be dangerous language and dangerous uh, uh, sort of personalities. Now, um, Alex Jones and Milo have had— a really, really tumultuous uh, couple of years here. Um, uh, Milo has had a book 
sort of pulled off uh, uh, out of out of publication. Uh, Alex Jones has basically been run off from uh, 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 of social. Have media. you ever met Alex Jones? I've never met him. Alex Jones is like Harvey's height. You lying? Bullshit, you not. For real? Yeah, and Roger Stone, like him and Roger Stone are really close. Yeah, and they both, if they stand on each other's shoulders, they'll be six four. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's for some reason that's weird. I mean, to they're me. weird dudes. They, they're really they're really little dudes, and you know you know Roger has that tattoo of uh, Richard Nixon in between his shoulder blades. You lying? Can you pull that up? Like, <laughs> Bacardi, <laughs> yo, pull that up. Pull, show me the Roger Stone tattoo. I never saw this shit before, dog. Yeah, this it's a weird. They, they have some weird cats. So I guess my question is my question is twofold. Number one, do you think? Uh, I'll ask a specific question about Mr. Farrakhan in a second, but do you think this action from Facebook is appropriate? Wow. That's real? Yeah. That's real? I know way too I'm too in I'm too in depth in this political It thing. is a good it is a good tattoo though. That looks exactly like Tricky Dick. That's a good if you're gonna get a Nixon tattoo, first of all, that's mad weird. And a weird, I was, I'm looking at you like, where are you going, where are you going with this? And weird placement. Wait, the placement. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like weird placement. Look they were at like, that. They were like, you wanted it in the middle of your lower back? He was like, nah, nah between the shoulder blades. The shoulder blades, man. <laughs> you might get that shit off the fucking screen, dog. Um, so, so um, yeah, so first of all, do you feel like that action, forget about, I think that, I think that was appropriate? So I think that it's, it's easy to agree on those three, to ban those three. Uh -huh. um, I think that it's a slippery slope, though, because are you going to keep that same energy with Franklin Graham? You know, Franklin Graham is, is a Southern Baptist minister who's out here railing, and he's the most homophobic bigot that I know. Yeah. And you got young black men who are killing themselves or young black boys who are killing themselves because they're being bullied for their homophobia. Are you going to keep that same energy with him? Mm. Um, and so I think that, you know, these – these three uh, were, were easy targets, but the question is, where do we go next? And I think, f in it, are we just leaving that to like four white dudes in a cubicle in, in Silicon to Valley? Decide to decide what is and what is not hateful and, and dangerous. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, that, I mean, that, that's my biggest issue with it. Um, some would say that Facebook, as a private company, has a right to uh, have anyone they, or take anyone They do, off. but Facebook is as close to a public square as you're going to get. Yeah. They are a private company, but I mean, they are built for public discourse, yeah. right? And so um, they are as close to the line as you are going to get. And so they have every right to ban who they want to, but I'm like, yeah, you got to keep the same energy with some of these other folks too. And I think Franklin Graham's a perfect example. Any personal issues with Louis Farrakhan being thrown in with Alex Jones and Milo? Nah, Williams? I mean, I, I think that I think that Louis Farrakhan uh, is an anti-Semite. I think that he has trafficked in bigoted language before. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with that. But I also think that if you're going to judge him, um, then there are others that need to be judged as well. I had Reza Islam on the podcast, very controversial episode. Uh, do you think that there's anything, um, there's any value to the alliance between the black community and the Nation of Islam? I think that you've seen that alliance throughout time. I think that the Nation of Islam's gathering of one million black men um, on the grounds of uh, during the uh, Million Man March, mm -hmm. I think that gathering was peaceful. That yeah. gathering spurred on a. New They've never been anything but peaceful. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We were we were talking about the language that that I, right. That, right. Well, I, I I was just pointing that out, but I'm saying, do you think? I mean, in the Fruit of Islam protected many civil rights activists during their day, yeah. and so uh, you know, back back during a time, and I think that you know, people have to go back and and read their history um, about the role that the Nation of Islam and the Black Panthers, for example, played in these communities and these black communities where nobody else went, the programs that they had, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so you had to have this natural nexus. But, you know, you, I, can, I can say that and give them props for that work. However, there's no point in time where I can condone the anti-Semitic or bigoted language of the leader of Minister Farrakhan. Mm. Fair enough. Um, now, let's get back to, let's, let's, let's stop asking Bakari Sellers about everyone else. And let's ask Bakari Sellers about Bakari Sellers really okay. quick. So, you as a CNN commentator. I was like, are they about to pull up some TNZ pictures? <laughs> no, that would be, be dope. Here's, here's Bakari <laughs> Sellers at Freak Nick. Oh. 2001. Oh. oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, you, uh, personally, Doc, why don't you, why have you gone away from politics? Will you go back oh, I'm going into back. politics? I'm going back. I'm going to run for Congress soon. And Are you now? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run for Congress soon. I'm going to run 
uh, in my home, which is the 6th Congressional District. Um, Jim Clyburn holds that seat right now, and the question is, you know, when will I run? Will it be 2020 or 2022? I don't know the answer to that yet, but um, I love politics, man, and it'll be soon. But I also, I mean, dude, our platform is huge. I mean, you have a very yeah. similar platform. Yeah. I mean, you, in your um, discussion, it's kind of interesting to see the dynamics of the set out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said what so many pe- black people wanted to say to Kanye West. Mm. And, you know, people, that will always resonate. So when I go on CNN, um, you know, there was a moment when we came off set, and I can't remember who Angela was on with, but they had her debating some bigot. I don't know who it was. Whoever it was, they got swacked. They got, she, she don't play uh, no game. She, she, the Floyd Mayweather of that, but she, came out, she, came out, she came off and she was visibly angry oh, and wow. frustrated. Yeah. And, you know, we hugged each other. We, I just happened to be in New York. I was in the green room, hugged each other. And, um... You know, driven to the point of having those, not like you're boohoo crying, but like you got those those angry tears, like you got sure. a decompressed tears. Yeah. Um, By the way, there's not one black person that I've ever known that has worked in a white-dominated media space who hasn't had, had that same situation. Those, I've had it here. Like it, it, it those, I can't, those I can't see white people, I can't let white people see me cry tears so are just, very just, real. Just, just the, for me, it's not so much about the tears, even though, guys, you know I do cry. I'm a but, crier. But, like, but for me, it's not about the tears. It's about maintaining what I feel like is a professional decorum, even though I am seething. Oh, that's so, Baldwin said So it. sometimes I got to walk out of this place, take a walk, and, and, and get away. Baldwin said it. You know, to be black in this country and woke mm. is to be in a perpetual sense of rage. But yeah. I hugged her, and I, 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 t- I tell that story because, you know, just like yourself and like Charlemagne um, to a certain extent, but me, Simone, um, uh, Angela, um, Nia Malika, Don Lemon, Shout out um, to Dom, man. The you, homie, you, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. You, um, I say this with as much humility as possible. You represent so many people um, because the way that America sees people of color, they see through the lens of us. Uh-huh. And so you can't really have a bad day. Yeah. And so You can't um, because they'll hold you accountable first. They will hold, they will, yeah, and they will go out and think that if you have a bad day and um, that other black folk act like that. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, it's a tough job, but I, I am very appreciative. I say all of that to say I'm very appreciative of this platform. Um, um, but I, I am going to get back in politics soon enough. Right. Um, now, you're a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Where did you go to law school at? University of South Carolina. University of South Carolina. Gamecock. I'm a Gamecock. Always getting the shit kicked out of y'all by LSU. Great. Have you seen them big boys? Y'all got that name, Bad Rich? Them boys don't even live waste. They just carry around potato sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Them boys, are, them boys are huge down there in that room. Uh, tell you, you're a lawyer. Uh, I've, uh, Angela's a lawyer. Angela's a lawyer. Um, the importance of knowing and having an intimate relationship with the law for the black community. Oh, I mean, because sometimes you're a translator. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're an interpreter. Um, sometimes you're a psychiatrist, a psychologist. Um, but... Oftentimes, you realize that the law was not made by us or for us. And so there has to be somebody there who can translate that to us Mm -hmm. and then speak speak for us. And so I just like to stand in that gap. There's nothing like being in a courtroom. I I remind people all the time, my father was convicted by 10 whites and 2 blacks. Mm. Everybody who is your skin folk ain't your kin folk, right? Mm. Um, And so um, seeing that level of my father's bond was denied. What was your father convicted of? What happened? Rioting. They okay. actually convicted him of rioting. He was charged with five felony counts. They viewed him to be an outside agitator. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they denied his bond and housed him on death row. So, um, you know, the, the, being a part of this system is something that I like to translate for people. I like to be a part of and help people and, you know, be a voice when others can't. Hmm. Uh, broad question. I know you got to run. This has been a tight, compact podcast, but with a lot of information. Maddie likes these. These are the type of podcasts that – look, look, Maddie's over there. Fully engaged. These are the go. types of podcasts that Maddie likes because we're, we're, we're doing our thing. Um, what does Bakari Sellers America look like? And the reason why I ask that question is because you're in politics. And what I believe the, the function of politics uh, is, is for the individual politician to represent his constituency and their needs and wants, but also to represent himself and working as hard as he or she can to uh, sort of craft the America they think best represents, supports, helps um, and empowers the American people. So it's a very 
broad question, but it's an important question Actually, to it's someone. A, it's an easy question for me to answer. I, I have twins at four damn. months old. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to live in a country where they can be free. Mm. And I don't want them to be persecuted because of their skin color or who they love mm. or where they're from. I want them to be free to have opportunity. Um, my father began this quest for freedom, Stokely Carmichael. I actually named my son after Stokely Carmichael. Mm. Um, began uh, this quest so that our people could be free. And so that's the America that we're, we're not there yet. In fact, um, there are a lot of people who say with the election of Barack Obama, we made it, but we, we have not. And so um, we clearly, clearly, indubitably. Um, so that that's my goal. Um, and I, I unfortunately, I'm more jaded than I probably should be because I'm I'm going I have to work damn hard to make sure that um, Stokely and Sadie and Kai, who's my 13 year old, um, live in a live in a world where they can be free. Mm. Now, do you think that in order for African-Americans to be free? that we have to redefine freedom. And what I mean by that is, part of me thinks sometimes, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not, this is not an indictment of, of white America or any part of it, but part of me thinks that at the base level, nobody gets black people but black people. <laughs> I, like, at, at, at a base level, there's so many things, like, I can't tell you how many times, yeah. I, I know some of the best, most amazing, I have great white allies, but sometimes I'll be talking about something, and I'll be like, you know what, fuck it. But at the end of the day, that's, it's not about that per se. I just want the benefit of our humanity. Like, but I want our empowerment. But humanity, we, we, humanity, you, humanity is a. I get that. That's a base level. Under, what I want. Well, we is don't for have us. that shit. <laughs> I, I get it. But I, but I, but you know what? I, I almost be like. I, I think that the only way. I think humanity is something you can ask from, uh, for from America. But empowerment is something that Black people have to ask each other for that's correct this is a that's a cultural thing people forget that black power black power was not some radical violent initiative black power was black political power black economic power economic yes yeah it money was, it was nipsey yeah exactly mm. yeah so yeah. that's what it was and then right. we just have to make sure that we're doing everything else in our community like having these mental health discussions so that we can keep our nipsies a little bit longer gotcha um that dog, you you never you ain't never hoop. I hoop. Yeah, I hoop. You hoop? I just, I mean, I'm in the adult league at Lifetime Fitness right now. Uh, are you now, man? I do you have averages for us? Is there is there video? No, I, uh, please, could you please uh, Google Bakari Sellers basketball and uh, see if they are in I, effect? Go to my Instagram. I, in my story right now, I'm a, <clears> I got a I got a. Can you get buckets though? Cause you I like got, six five. Yeah, I got buckets. I, I mean, I still give them to you. Oh, you, you, you oh, you saying you'll give me <laughs> Bakari said you'll give me buckets? That's yeah, cute. that's cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never met a nigga from South Carolina that give me buckets. Actually, that's not true. What you, so, 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 Ray so, Allen. He's from South Carolina. Kevin Garnett. Oh, that is true. Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. Hey, hey. Raymond Felt. I mean, where you? Where we going? Oh, okay. I mean, like, we got X Men. We, we got X Men. Xavier McDaniel. Oh, Xavier McDaniel. We got we players get, in Baton Rouge too. We got players in Louisiana, man. Well, well you actually. Have, nah, you ever I heard about? Tell, you ever heard of a guy named Carl Malone? You ever heard of him? I will tell you, Louisiana? Louisiana Tech actually has some of the best women to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they used to have a lot, the, 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 the lady Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop fucking with you. But, all right, listen, man, I'm, I've always been very impressed with you. I'm very impressed with not only the way you represent and explain politics um, and sort of translate culture uh, to uh, uh, people on CNN. You guys are so needed in those spaces. But also... Uh, just the overall swag and cool you bring to man, it, man. Thank you. I know I appreciate everything you do over here at TMZ, and um, you know just representing us very well in, but, in but this space. One day, President Sellers. Well, we'll see. I, let me just be a good dad right now, good husband. And if yeah. I'm if I'm able to do those things well, I can I can change the world. White people clap for Bakari Sellers. Thank you. Clap for him. <laughs>